0: The Loser Like Glee, a Glee retrospective podcast with 2020 vision and a queer lens. I'm your gay host Julie. And I'm your gay host Julian. And this week we are stepping into the choir room to talk about season one, episode four, Preggers. Julian, how did you enjoy the fourth episode of Glee?
1: I liked it. I think it's sweet. The part that I care about, anyway. <laughs> um, this is like.
0: I, I've been going back and forth on if it's, like, in my top five or if it's in, like, my top ten of, like, favorite episodes of all time. I feel like it's definitely, like, one of the best in season one. But, like, season two has so many banners, it's, like, hard for me to, like, rank it before, like, we put it on the chart. So I'm really glad that we have the chart. Uh-huh. So when we when we get to... It eventually, like, I'll see, like, where it actually falls, but it's definitely, like, this is, like, the episode that made me go, oh, this is, like, my show. Like, I felt like I really resonated with, like, most of it.
1: This one in particular?
0: Yeah, I just, I think it it has a good amount of humor, it has a good amount of drama. The only thing it doesn't have is songs. (laughs)
1: weird (laughs) when your first real favorite episode doesn't have any songs
0: basically
1: i just noticed that i tend to really like the kurt based episodes
0: we love kurt in this house he's so good
1: uh chris colfer has some great
0: (laughs) acting abilities in this episode yeah so good (laughs) Just like, just like his face. You know, like when he makes that face. Which one? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Um. So let's, let's hop right in with the summary. So we open with uh Kurt, Tina, and Brittany dancing to Single Ladies by Beyonce. We're going to hear
1: this song a lot <laughs> in we the episode. We this, said this doesn't have any songs. It has this song like it six has- times. <laughs>
0: has only, this song takes the place of any other song that they could be doing. <laughs> but it is Beyonce, so it's like allowed. So they seem to be filming some sort of music video on a camcorder. <laughs> um, it's in black and white. It's very artsy. Um, they dance to a routine until Kurt's dad, Burt Hummel, comes downstairs to turn the music off because it was too loud. Bert asks Kurt what he's wearing, which is a black sequined unitard, and Kurt says that jocks wear them to work out. Tina builds on the lie by mentioning the football team, then Brittany finishes digging the hole by saying Kurt was on the football team now. Kurt looks shocked, but confirms it, which impresses his dad. As his dad leaves, he asks for a ticket to Kurt's first game, leaving Kurt mortified.
1: Folks really have a way of just digging themselves in, huh? Oh, it's like, it's like Glee's (laughs) thing. I, like, can't, I just, no one can believe that a skin-tight, sparkling outfit is, oh, that's what football jocks wear to work out. He had a tie, he had, like, one glove on, (laughs) he had dress shoes on, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, like,
0: such an absurd lie. But, like, (laughs) I like that Bert just doesn't question it at all. He's like, okay, like,
1: I I think he just didn't want to.
0: Yeah, I don't think that he believes it. He just doesn't question it, which, like, (laughs) I kind of vibe with.
1: I feel like throughout the moment, he was, like, subtly trying to find a way to be like, uh huh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then he also asks, um, if either of the girls are kurt's girlfriend and kurt grabs tina's butt like <laughs> he like
1: slaps it
0: yeah <laughs> i'm like kurt stop
1: she just rolls along with it
0: yeah like the girls the girls are very supportive in this scene i feel like this is the first real britney moment do you remember her saying anything before this
1: I barely remember her at all.
0: Yeah, so I think this is the first time Brittany really does anything related to the plot. I just know she's and one it's... of the
1: Cheerios, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So she's the blonde Cheerio, and her thing is that she's stupid. And really? I f- yeah, like that's like her thing. So I feel is it like because it she's kind of...
1: blonde,
0: <laughs> I feel like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so I feel like this is like the origin of that moment. Like they needed someone to kind of be dumb to put Kurt in this situation, and then it just like became her defining character trait.
1: <laughs> oh no.
0: Yeah. So this is our first like Britney
1: Oopsie. Well she committed that oopsie with absolute confidence.
0: Yeah, that's what the <laughs>
1: That's what she does. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's very confident about the whack shit that she says. Good to know. It's great. I really... I like this. I think that it does a great job of setting the stakes for the episode. We get to look forward to Kurt figuring out this lie. Um, I think it's a great introduction to Burt Hummel as a character because... We only uh, okay, really legit, uh, when he was okay. first
1: introduced, I was so scared of him because he comes in just silent and, like, this, like, vaguely judgmental stare, and he feels like he'd be that dad that is mm-hmm. brutal. I was, like, afraid of him the first moment I saw him.
0: Yeah, and I think that it really captures, like, the, the fear aspect of, like, doing something and getting caught by a parent, like, gay or not, like... the way that Kurt just, like, kind of freaks out for a second is, like, really relatable. Yeah, And, like, I feel like he is just, like, bad at communicating. And, like, he's one of the two parents we get to see a lot. Like, we get to see Finn's mom, and we get to see Kurt's dad, like, a pretty fair amount. So they actually have, like, growth and character arcs, and, like, Bert Hummel's, like, character arc through the show and his, like... Watching his relationship with Kurt like change is like one of my favorite things about the show.
1: Love that for them.
0: It's so good. <laughs> um, so let's move on to <laughs> adults that I don't really like seeing. It's oh, you Will don't? And-
1: but they're like the main characters of every episode. <laughs> <I know.
0: laughs> for now, for now. <laughs> um so Will and Terry are role playing what giving birth will be like with they're doing like a training
1: exercise (laughs) i like don't know what
0: they're doing preparation Uh, preparation terry's breathing really hard will's like holding her hand and being like you're doing great but like i
1: just don't understand (laughs) they're trying to be mentally prepared for the birth process
0: Uh uh-huh well, it's very weird, and the camera's really close on their faces. I hate
1: it, every time like... the camera does that. It does that like a million times. <laughs> Just with different characters all the time. Just, mm-hmm.
0: um. Well, I, I like it later in this episode, but we'll get there.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so uh, Terry's sister, Kendra, is instructing them. Uh, Kendra says that Will should rub the gas bubbles out of Terry's stomach, but Terry freaks out and tells Will to go to the kitchen. Uh, Terry confesses to Kendra that there is no baby and that she's wearing a pregnancy bump pad and that she feels guilty about lying to Will. Kendra encourages her to continue the lie and that the solution is for. is to find a baby for Terry to have.
1: Okay, so. Kendra's crazy, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, she's like. Like you, you we, we meet Terry and we're like oh Terry's kinda crazy and then we meet Kendra and it's like oh Terry's like the normal sister.
1: <laughs> Terry's like the normal sister. <laughs> Kendra's whack. Kendra's very whack and I can't I, believe I, to her like the answer is simple. Find you a baby. It's like what? Yeah. You, what?
0: <laughs> it's so funny. I like that sh- <laughs> I like that Kendra asks if the baby's black. <laughs> As if that would be, like, the only reason Terry's, like, freaking out so bad. God. It's so funny.
1: (laughs) When she just... That implies that she just, like, oh, so you cheated on him?
0: Yeah, it implies so many
1: things. It implies a lot of things, but... (laughs) But, like, she looked, like, excited about it. (laughs) She seems like she wants some drama. Yeah, she does. She literally says... What was that thing she said that was, like... Something dishonesty about... Dishonesty yeah. is food for a marriage. Like, her saying that, like, dishonesty is food for a marriage as in there's no marriage without it. I'm just like, wait. <laughs> Heteros be like. <laughs> My god.
0: It's it, It's a lot to unpack. Um, This is, like, our first time seeing the pregnancy pad which will like become like an increasingly more important object so julian do you know what a pregnancy
1: pad is um i mean i know she's using it to look and pretend to be pregnant
0: <laughs> yeah so it's like the an excuse that terry gives later is that it's for like you buy it to like try on maternity clothes And so, like, you'll know, like, if they fit or not. And so, like, I assume that, like, actresses can buy them for, like,
1: roles and stuff. So, like... Yeah, just I just consider it, like, a reasonable (laughs) costume thing.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, like, a costume. It's not, like, there's no skin or anything. So, like, this thing...
1: (laughs) What? Sorry, um, don't they sleep together regularly?
0: Yes, so that's... A problem later. Okay. So, basically, like, this thing where, like, she won't let Will touch her is going to continue because she has to keep up this lie of wearing a pregnancy pad all the time.
1: For some reason, I didn't even think about that before, but this is, again, where, like, the show is, like, <laughs> kind of jumping through time. But, like, the mm-hmm. last episode, it's like, they were always together. They are like, taking a bath together. They are always sleeping together. Now, something. is, like... You're not allowed to touch me ever.
0: Yeah, and I I feel like the introduction of the pregnancy pad definitely like shelves the oh Will and Terry Bane all the time joke. I guess like she gave up and now her goal is going to be finding a baby to just find a whole different baby. As I say, obtain a child.
1: Obtain a child. <laughs> you know there's adoption yeah, can't they I just like,
0: but I feel like adoption would involve admitting the lie which it seems like that she doesn't want to do
1: well I'm gonna bring up an argument for that in a little bit okay
0: <laughs> Um. let's move on to back at the school Will joins Emma and Ken at the lunch table Uh, The vibes are very awkward. Uh, Emma tells them about how she saw Sue on the news. And we see Sue on a local news channel doing a segment called Sue's Corner, where she talks about how she wishes teachers were still allowed to cane students. (laughs) Uh, Sue appears in the teacher's lounge with them to brag about signing autographs and being a local celebrity, leaving everyone else annoyed and depressed.
1: Yeah, I think she tends to always have that um, effect <laughs> in a room. I love Just it. everyone love involved. It so it's so good. I don't understand how she got her own corner on the news. She's a local
0: celebrity. She's been written up in the news page of the New York Times twice, or whatever the hell she said.
1: Yeah, something like twice in the news or whatever. Is that enough to get your whole corner on the news station?
0: I mean, I feel like... I like... This is another, like, world-building thing (laughs) where I feel like this town in Ohio is so boring that, like, they'll just let anyone do anything on the local news. Like, they... mm, This is... Okay, this is, like, a tiny spoiler. But... Oh, yeah? They let... This is... It's, like... uh, It's not that important. It's just like they let the Glee Club do a Christmas special on the local news station. So, like, I feel like the bar is low. Good (laughs) for (laughs) them.
1: Is that what Sue is on the news for us to show us that the bar is low?
0: I feel like, yeah. And I also just like how big her ego is and how it's constantly being fueled by. Never ending. It's, uh, I just, I love the confidence that she oozes. It's so good.
1: <laughs> also, I'm, I do I'm really love fan. her strolling in and being like, pull up a chair for me. My hand hurts from signing all these signatures, and then she never sits down and leaves.
0: Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> Sue is just like the epitome of big dick energy.
1: I also like her every interaction with Emma gets me because every time she interacts, <laughs> It's something about saying her name wrong. She called her Alma this time. Yes. And then saying something about her, like, mental disability. And then Emma always <laughs> has this, like, a 100-yard stare.
0: Yeah. Poor Emma. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I like Sue's Corner. I think, I feel like it's just an excuse for the writers to just say batshit stuff. But so something about it really works for me.
1: <laughs> well, when it's sue in particular the way her character is, I can see why they want to give her as many options as possible to to say the things that she says because of how ridiculous it is,
0: and it's funny because especially like in regards to her speech at the end of the episode, like in two thousand nine, this was like crazy to say like she was kind of like speaking things that people thought but like wouldn't say because like you're not supposed to and now it's just people say this kind of shit like all the time unironically and i'm just like oh this world (laughs) what have we done
1: (laughs) what have we done i don't know i guess i like I never have a particularly strong reaction to things Sue says. You know, I made that comment, she's Cards Against Humanity, the person, and she just mm-hmm. keeps saying strange things. But I don't feel any particular way about it. And I wonder if if watching it back in, like, 2009, if people were like, whoa. I remember being very shocked
0: by some of the things that she would say. Like, especially <laughs> I whenever she would, like, I swear that she brings up, like, Bin Laden or something, like... Crazy stuff like that. I always remember being very shocking. <laughs> uh, it is, it's definitely interesting to like revisit with how stuff has shifted <laughs> and being like, oh, people probably actually genuinely believe some of the stuff that she says. Oh no. It's, it's sad. It's, it's not good. Um, yeah, so. Moving on, we begin our Rachel plotline for the episode.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: So in the choir room, Rachel is upset that a solo from West Side Story is being given to Tina instead of her. She claims that Will is trying to punish her, but Will says that he's trying to be fair to everyone. Rachel storms out, but everyone congratulates Tina on the role, which
1: makes her smile. I'm happy for Tina. (laughs) i really like tina i like tina i want to see more of her She's rachel could go sweet. pout somewhere else
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it does it this i like don't understand where this is like coming from like i know i feel like they had the end goal in mind because for the next episode they were like we have someone we want to bring in so we have to move Rachel to the side. So I feel like the plot for this episode was like how do we push Rachel out? And the way they do it just feels really weird to me.
1: I guess it was like really hard to care about her at all this episode for me, but mm-hmm. I I guess she's like supposed to be like one of the main characters. So she has to keep having struggles, right? Mm-hmm. So I will get it a little bit like a writing wise but she felt so unimportant. Her plot felt like a side plot. Mhm. We really just I feel see like her this episode. Pouting.
0: This episode would be better without Rachel Berry in it, which really pains me to say cuz I do love <laughs> when she's on screen like most of the time. But I just really don't like I get like her having a connection to a role like when I don't want to go into <laughs> my musical theater history. Time for you to like, do it. Get into it. Time, Come on. Time time for me to do it. <laughs> um when I was cast as someone who I didn't want to be in Fiddler on the Roof, I was very upset. But I did it anyway because the girl who got the part I wanted could sing the song and the key better. So like sometimes you have to suck it up and it's like I I get like having a connection to a role and like i don't super know a lot about west side story going to get my musical theater card revoked again but i know that like again? rachel again <laughs> um <laughs> i i get that rachel is like brought up on musical theater and all these stuff that's like her religion and it kind of does Feel like Will's punishing her because what she did for Push It in the Assembly was pretty shitty, but that was like a whole episode ago. Like, I feel like a better time for this plot line would have been during last episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, trying to watch the show, I mean, I guess also like how we watch it, it feels more spread out, but even just like just watching the show. It feels like that happened a million years ago. Yeah. And it's already out of the brain. So I didn't even think of that connection that she's being punished for what she did back then. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, because I think Will is trying to do because he says it is that he wants to give the other kids a chance to to get out of their shell and try something. It can't just be Rachel being the lead all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought it was really just about that. And she was just being difficult about it.
0: I think it's a little of both, <laughs> but, like, it it feels, like, way disconnected from the showmance incident. So, like, I think that they might have wrote it with that in mind, but it doesn't come across that way, like, intentionally.
1: It just comes across as her throwing a fit.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is what she does. It's kind of like her thing. Like, they even comment
1: that <laughs> every time she storms out, it gets less effective. Oh, yeah. She gets angry and storms out of the choir room, slamming the door. And then two of the other kids are like, you know, that's not really having an impact anymore, is it?
0: <laughs> uh, but we're happy for Tina. I'm really excited for her. Yeah. She's sweet. Um, So we don't really care about the Rachel plotline, but let's get back to the plotline we do care about, which is Kurt. (laughs) So after practice, uh, Kurt approaches Finn to ask for a favor. Finn assumes Kurt is going to ask him to homecoming, so he declines. But Kurt denies it and says that he's not gay. Uh, We then cut to the football field where practice is happening. And Kurt and Finn have already been practicing together off screen and are now ready to show the team what Kurt has learned. Kurt says he has to go get his music ready, but Finn tells him that if he does that, it'll be embarrassing for him. Kurt insists on doing it his way or not at all, then walks off.
1: Yeah, he's very firm about that. Has to be his way. Um I really liked that moment with Finn where he thought that Kurt was gonna ask him to like prom or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because he's so chill about it. He doesn't react any kind of way. He's just like, oh, no, I already have a date. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know that this is, like, important to gay teens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, like, dumb, but in, like, a sweet way, which is kind of, like, <laughs> Vince's thing.
1: He was just being genuinely nice about it. Yeah. That's cute.
0: But you can definitely feel, like...
1: Kurt's thirst a little bit um maybe I, he was something like caught off guard at like being talked to that way he's like oh no no I'm not gay yeah it's not about that
0: uh, <laughs> it's just like that's such like a genuine like fight or flight like I'm not gay like it, it's too real <laughs> I felt that shit Mm. <laughs> but we i i'm sad that all the practice time is off screen i would have liked to see kurt kick a football for the first time
1: it yeah i guess if he struggled at first but they wanted to have that impact that it had i guess yeah they wanted the shock value they wanted the shock value they do that like a musical cue every time we're not, we're not there yet. We're not I there know, yet. but I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about the impact <laughs> of that musical cue and how many times they do it. It's really good.
0: Um, so, yeah, the boys, the boys have bonded um, and they're at practice. Um, Puck approaches to ask if Finn and Kurt are an item now, saying that Kurt doesn't belong at football practice. Finn argues that Puck joined Okafella's, but Puck says that he can make anything he does cool. They get pulled into a team huddle, where Ken complains that, that about the current kicker's stats and demotes him to water Boy. Ken then says that the next person to kick a field goal will become the new kicker, which prompts Kurt to run up and ask for an audition. Finn helps him get set up on the field, then Single Lady starts to play and Kurt starts to do his dance routine.
1: Whoa, I'm what? so sorry about whatever what that was. was. <laughs> what was that? My phone just screamed at me. That was so scary. Puts it on does not disturb and tosses it aside. Anyway.
0: <laughs> I writes the time code down. Um. <laughs> am I don't Finn helps him get set up on the field, then Single Lady starts to play and Kurt starts to do his dance routine again, making the team snicker. However, Kurt Kurt scores an insane field goal and Ken runs over to announce him as the new kicker while Puck looks annoyed.
1: Yeah, Puck's just like pissed off this whole episode, isn't he?
0: I think this is a great Puck episode. He seems so
1: ridiculously serious and bitchy. Yeah. Oof. I love that line he said about, like, I can wear a dress and people will think it's cool.
0: (laughs) Which is true. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I think that he's such an interesting character because he's so antagonistic, but he really can't take it
1: when people dish it back at him you know sometimes people are like that, uh-huh
0: <laughs> <laughs> um i just i think he's he's so interesting, and he really like has some kind of superiority complex with Finn, like he doesn't like that Finn is able to be in glee and football and have everyone like listen to him at football and now he's bringing in this weird kid and like then the weird kid is actually really good so he gets to stay it's just like he doesn't have any control over anything
1: that's a lot that's real heavy i'm sorry puck (laughs) (laughs) it is really heavy and it only gets heavier how rough for like finn is supposed to be his best friend he obviously mm-hmm. has all of this, like, aggression towards him.
0: Like, he just feels like he's yeah. in his
1: shadow or something.
0: Their their relationship is one of, like, the core foundations of season one and also one that I don't understand very well. Hmm. Like, I think it's because with most of the characters, they all join Glee as strangers, so we get to, like, see their friendships form but puck and finn are introduced as best friends so i don't really know why i just
1: know that it's like a fact in this universe i mean because they're both on the football team and they're supposed to seem popular right
0: <laughs> yeah but they like, gotta have know, a like, friend i don't know like how they met or like what they do when they hang out together like I feel like there's, like, a part of it missing that would make me, like, care about their relationship more.
1: Yeah, they never seem like they actually get along. It's like they're called friends just for the excuse for how aggressive Puck is at him. Mm-hmm. Like, somehow them supposed to be close gives him that freebie to be as much of yeah. a bitch as he is. Yeah, I think that
0: he definitely, like, milks it, especially later uh-huh um, oh, what, what, let, let's not talk about puck let's talk about our our baby boy our baby boy kurt
1: <laughs> our good boy kurt good boy, who did kurt. very well
0: <laughs> he did a really good job and everyone was laughing at him but he... he's
1: on the field <laughs> he starts up single ladies when he's supposed to kick a football so all these giant burly men are just like oh ha! look at this tiny child and then he kicks the ball and it, like, flies into space. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so good. I like his little, like, prance move that he does.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so good. I like that Ken is, like, so pumped about it.
1: Absolutely. Like,
0: he went from hating the Glee Club, like, two episodes ago to being, like, fuck, yeah, let's go. Let's go,
1: single ladies. Let's do I mean, it. did you see how he kicked that ball? Yeah. <laughs> did you hear the music, like, fade out in an echo for dramatic effect?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they do some great cuts
0: with the single ladies. <laughs> they, they really get everything they can out of that song. I, I like have to comment times on, on that, like,
1: it. that, like, a fact that they do because they do it three times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be that big. The tension builds up to it, and then there it is. But they do it three times. Mm-hmm. It works for me. It works for you. <laughs> it, it, I like it. I I like, can't get over it.
0: <sighs> uh, do you have anything else to say about this beautiful, beautiful scene?
1: I'm I'm just proud of Kurt. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm also proud of him. I like that he there's so many good Kurt things. I like that he calls it an audition. I like that he doesn't want to wear his helmet because it'll mess up his hair. I like that after doing this insane kick, he asks if that was good. He doesn't know the sport. It's so good. He doesn't know he if it's good, a good or not,
1: boy. <laughs> I love it legit when i was like first seeing that scene i i was scared he was going to do real bad obviously Aww. it's supposed to be a big surprise that he does fantastic
0: mhm i'm i'm so proud of him and i like that this episode kind of like sets up one of the late season 1 kurt episodes with like kurt kind of knowing about sports but like not super well and it, like coming back later
1: he learned as much as he had to to make his yeah. <laughs> dad proud or whatever yeah. it's it's good foreshadowing
0: <laughs> um so the next day sue is visited in her office by one of the tv executives um and he's worried about some of the top cheerios defecting to the show choir he says that in order for her to keep her new segment, she will have to win nationals. Uh, she makes a horrible stink face as he leaves, resolved to double her efforts at destroying the Glee Club.
1: <laughs> That's always how it is, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> she kind of starts with like only one reason to destroy the Glee Club, and then at the end she has like 16 <laughs> different reasons about why.
1: I, like, wonder why that keeps happening. I feel like this time, there was just, like, this vibe of, like, maybe the guy didn't want her on the TV anymore because she says the things that she does. And he's trying to pull at anything to, like, get her off, right? And she's just like, I'm just gonna destroy Glee Club. I got this. <laughs> but <laughs> It but always comes back that, to that.
0: She said that the overnight ratings were through the roof. That means people like it.
1: Yeah. She had this whole little moment about filling up the streets with trash. <laughs> Do you want people to like that? <laughs> I
0: think that it's I think that her job is to be controversial, which people obviously enjoy watching on TV. But I I I think her pro littering speech is one of her
1: funniest moments. It's like really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and like I kind of get the logic behind it there was logic yes but was... it still... <laughs> uh, <laughs> know, it's still you know it's to keep them having their jobs the, the folks who clean up the trash you gotta pay them for a reason they gotta be doing something
0: yeah you gotta have trash for them to pick up
1: gotta have trash for them to pick up you gotta cover every inch of the streets with trash for them to pick it back up <laughs>
0: Uh, it's really good.
1: <laughs> Stupid. Um,
0: <laughs> she gets hate mail for it, so it's like the universe is in balance, somewhat.
1: <laughs> a little bit. It's like the it's universe is only bit. bizarre, like at this school.
0: The universe is this school until it's not, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then things happen. Okay. Uh, it's called season four.
1: Oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> sounds so worried i'm a little worried
0: kids graduate high school julian oh
1: do they oh my god i thought they just lived in high school forever Uh (laughs) uh-huh um so after
0: this we get like one of the biggest plot threads of the season introduced So, Quinn is ignoring Finn in the hallway, but he follows her, wondering if she's okay. She stops around the corner and confesses to him that she's pregnant. Finn is shocked because they've never had sex, but Quinn references a time where they were making out in a hot tub and Finn, quote, erupted, saying that it was the perfect temperature for sperm. (laughs) Finn, it. Finn, Finn asks if she's going to get an abortion, which she says no. Before sobbing about how she thought she was going to get out of this town, Finn holds her close. the
1: The thing about that is like it was so ridiculous, but the show is always ridiculous. So I was like, basically inclined to just go with it. Like, I guess that makes sense, huh?
0: i was going to ask if you bought the lie or not
1: (laughs) with how this show is i was like ready to just be like if the show says so then i guess (laughs) (laughs) it is it's definitely
0: like a very serious moment that has a pretty insane joke in the middle of it yeah but, like, that's what made me believe it when I was, like, 14 and didn't know how sex works. <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, that sounds right. Sure. <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we get, that's we just get... me at the show. Just like, sure. <laughs> I guess. We get the
0: callback to the... Um, mailman scene
1: the, from Showmans. Running Over the
0: the Mailman. <laughs> yeah,
1: think of uh, the mailman. <laughs>
0: I just, I, I just don't. <sighs> One, don't understand men. Two, don't understand how making out in a hot tub can make you come in your swimsuit. I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm just so confused
1: he's just if having a like rough to, time right. <laughs>
0: if you would like to explain this to us you can email us at Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com
1: Shut and, up. Ex- <laughs> and
0: explain explain to me if this is possible or if this is Ryan Murphy making fun of Finn's stamina like I just don't get it Why would you invite that? Because I want to know, Julian. (laughs) I'm tempted to go ask my roommate. Oh my god. Because it seemed like he really vibed with the themes of showmance, but this seems even more extreme somehow.
1: He's just having a rough time.
0: (laughs) It's so much. And he's like, he's very, this is the, the thing I was talking about where it's like very... Close shots on their faces, like the second that Quinn says that she's pregnant, like all the noise stops, and it's just like a heartbeat like in Finn's ears, and like you can't even hear her, but she's awesome oh, it's just like it's really like artsy Very in a intense. way that I really
1: like. they really, really got nice. the feeling in that moment,
0: mm-hmm. And, like, the way that she's, like, crying, but, like, trying not to, because they're in, like, a school hallway. Like, it's just, it's very real, and then they cut to, like, this hot tub
1: thing. I hate it. Mm.
0: <laughs> it's so bad. I guess that's
1: how the show is. But, like, you can never just have the serious moment, because it's gonna do something like that.
0: hmm <laughs> It's really, <laughs> it's really unfortunate. Um... So after this very serious moment, um, <laughs> we get to see Sandy Ryerson's house, where Sue is visiting. Oh
1: my god. Um,
0: <laughs> Sandy pretends to be okay among his kimonos and antique doll collection. Uh, and <laughs> his tea. And his tea. Sue tells him to cut the crap and he starts crying. Sue tells him he needs to be back in the spotlight, offering him the position of arts director at uh, the school. Sandy says Figgins would never allow it, but we cut to a scene of Sue having an embarrassing video of Figgins that she's using as blackmail. They make a plan to steal Rachel away from the Glee Club by having Cabaret as the school musical. Rachel auditions by singing Taking Chances by Celine Dion, landing the lead in the production.
1: And that was almost one of our only songs.
0: Yes, this, there's a lot to unpack here.
1: There's a lot to unpack here. Um, Sandy's House being most of it. I I enjoy Sandy's House. It's like old and dark and pink. And there's a bunch of dolls. Yeah. And he's got the T in the background that starts, you know, screaming the way T does.
0: It's just so, like, that creepy so on purpose.
1: Uncomfortable. And I loved <laughs> Sue's line of, like, the only thing missing are, like, bodies under the floorboards. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> Sue and Sandy together are, like, quite a pair. Or <laughs> what? They're just, like, they have, like, an interesting. Chemistry. (laughs) Just bizarre. It's very strange. (laughs) Um, so we have a pretty big reoccurring plot device of Sue having blackmail over Figgins.
1: Is it always different blackmail or is it the same one? So (laughs) it's this one for a while, what and what even was that video? <laughs> like had to do with flying, but he was pulling up stockings on his feet. Uh, what was yeah, happening? Was, I don't understand. So,
0: okay, okay. So what <laughs> I think it is, it's it's like a instructional video for like an Indian airline, where he's like putting on really tight stockings, what? and then doing like weird exercises in them. And the, like anti embolism stockings are like a real thing. Wait, what? But they're they're so when you are on a flight for like eighteen hours, you could get like blood clots in your legs. Oh. So like there's yeah, so like the stretches and like the stockings are like supposed to help with that. So like that's what the PSA was about. He was doing a real thing. Yeah, that's like a real, I have like, <laughs> I have a friend who um just got back from Taiwan for quarantine and they were like, yeah, I was on a plane for like 18 hours and I had to keep getting up to stretch so I didn't die. And I was like, Ew. oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like intense. Like it, it's definitely like a real thing that deserves a PSA. It's just like
1: just seems so very, ridiculous.
0: It's very strange, and, like, I don't know when he would have done it. Like, did he used to want to go into show business, so he did a commercial, and, like, that's part of his backstory? Like, I
1: don't... I mean, this is don't Glee. Know. That would make sense.
0: That would make sense, but also he was so quick to, like, can Glee Club in the first episode, so, like... <laughs>
1: Spite or bitter memories. (laughs) We
0: have a lot of unanswered Figgins lore questions. (laughs) So this is definitely less offensive than the second round of blackmail. Oh. So. More foreshadowing. (laughs) I'm, I'm fine with it as like a plot device, I guess. Like, I like that... It gives sue more freedom to do crazy things that make the plot interesting, I guess
1: because she she can just blackmail this guy,
0: yeah, like she she's using it to have Figgins allow Sandy Ryerson to be the arts director, which is kind of like a really roundabout
1: plan. I barely understand it, honestly. <laughs>
0: The The plan is to make the neglected, sad Rachel the lead in the musical so she'll quit Glee Club and just do the musical. That is their grand plan. But I'm like, why do you have to hire Sandy Ryerson to do that? Just like, I guess everyone else, according to the lore, everyone else in the school hates the arts, so. Wow. <laughs> that's like not even a joke that's
1: rough yeah
0: i'm just shaking what, my what
1: head
0: are, what are your opinions
1: Op- opinions on what the blackmail sandy rachel <laughs> just, <laughs> all of it's ridiculous uh. I mean probably for like writing they want to keep the stuff within a specific cast. They want to keep Sandy around, right? If they don't give him something, he he's no reason to be around. Yeah. And that's why he vanishes. It's so sad.
0: Hmm. Um what do we think about Rachel's 30 second song? Uh, It was
1: 30 seconds.
0: It was 30 seconds.
1: It was fine. We already know she can sing really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Taking Chances was on, like, my shower CD for, like, a year and a half. Like, <laughs> the like the cover of it's really good, but we get to hear, like, almost none of it.
1: Mm. <laughs> they really, in this episode, were just like, Oh, well, we made songs for it. But, uh, <laughs> Single Ladies?
0: Single Ladies only event. <laughs> it's it's just like whatever especially because I remember the next episode having some real banners so I feel like they were saving it for then
1: I mean I guess
0: it's just like there's there's no like plot song in this episode like how with last episode we had um, bust your windows kind of being like A non-diegetic, like, someone singing that. Like, both the songs in this episode are people, like, on stage literally singing songs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it feels like the trend with, like, all of the episodes except for this one is there'll be, like, three or four songs. There'll be, like, moments where they're singing on stage, and then there's the storytelling songs.
0: Yeah, I always am more partial to, like, the non-diegetic songs because i think that they get like more fun with those
1: Uh uh-huh um
0: this episode is is still like one of my faves even without anything like that
1: when glee said no songs only single ladies
0: because they had to pay so much money for single ladies probably that they couldn't do anything else (laughs) that's valid that that's my that's what i think happened um so like the direct fallout from the previous scene is Will, Sandy and Sue are in Figgins's office as Will can't believe that Sandy is back in the school. Uh Figgins says that Sandy was never was never formally charged with anything and that having an arts director is a good thing for everyone. Will is suspicious since the first thing Sandy did was steal Rachel and is convinced that Sue is somehow behind it. We see Will visit Rachel in a ballet studio where she defends her choice to do the musical because Will is ignoring her. Will claims that he is the only one who is always there for her, but they're also a team, so he has to make everyone else feel like a star too. Rachel implies that she'll come back if she's given Tino solo before she walks off.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> I'm so caught in how bratty Rachel is that in this specific moment, it's hard to think about anything else aside from <laughs> she did not listen to anything Will said. He he tried to give reason and praise her and everything. He's being so nice, and she just held firm to, "I'll only come back if you give me that role."
0: Yeah, I think. This speech from Will is like so genuinely nice and like heartfelt. Like I really understand where he's coming from as like a teacher and how like especially the line um I'm like oh my god, what was it? It was like, oh my god, why I'm so good at I'm so good at quoting the show and suddenly it's all gone. Hmm. It's it's something like I am your biggest and sometimes your only fan yeah which like is true like a lot of the time people will openly hate rachel
1: absolutely the look that she gave him when he said that (laughs) she was so hurt
0: (laughs) well she's hurt because it's true yeah and she like (laughs) realized that she was being really mean to him and that he is actually on her side
1: did she realize that?
0: I, I think so, because she kind of gets a little quieter after that. She didn't but stop like, being
1: difficult about
0: it. Yeah, she's not one to back down from her convictions.
1: I mean, um, I get that the role's really important to her. She, I mean, she said so, she really connects with the role, it means a lot to her. Is it just, like, this specific role that's a lot to her? I think it's, like her connection to the
0: part of Maria in West Side Story, which was played by an actress that she has a connection to. Like, it's just like something that's really, it's like really important to her. But also she feels like, I feel like what she isn't saying is that Tina's bad and Rachel's good, so you should give it to the person who's the best all the time. Definitely which would what she's benefit... Implying. Yeah, I feel like that's what she's, like, not saying but is implying, and that you should give it to the best all the time, but that doesn't help the team, which is what, like, Will is trying to explain.
1: Yeah. yeah that's exactly what he said. He's like, how they're intimidated by her because she is the best, so they never want to try to also be the best. They'll just let her do it. I heard do it. But this is a school environment.
0: Yeah. You're here to learn. Also, from, like, Rachel's perspective, I get that, like, as an artist, like, if you work the hardest and put the effort in and you are the best, and then someone else gets raised above you because they're not the best, I can definitely understand how that would be frustrating.
1: Well, how about communication, where we know <laughs> that maybe in one thing she'll be the lead, but not the lead in another thing?
0: Yeah, and I feel like that definitely like comes up in various cases later. But like, I definitely like understand... Rachel's side of it which is part of like why I really vibe with her as a character because I definitely define myself as like a very driven person Mm -hmm. and she does want it the most she is the best one in there so but (laughs) it's also a team and not like an individual sport where those things are better (laughs) to have so, like, um, what I'm saying is that Rachel should go play, like, tennis or something.
1: You're saying she's not a team player.
0: <laughs> uh, she's really not. Um, I would like to talk about Rachel Berry's ballet studio. Yeah? Um. So, I know that the ballet studio is not a part of the school. Because later, like... I th- I think it's like confirmed that a kid from a different school also goes to this ballet studio.
1: I mean it's Rachel. she's been doing ballet since she was like since she could walk, she must yeah, have another place she goes to
0: that that Im- that implies that will Schuster has sought Rachel out off campus to confront her about leaving the glee club which is crazy to me
1: there's always these little things that i don't think about Yeah, and when you bring it up like that it makes me genuinely want to cry (laughs) (laughs) because watching the show the way this show poses everything i'm like yeah okay i guess that's normal it's not normal no because like if it's
0: The school's ballet studio, like, I could buy that, but I don't think the school has a ballet studio, and, like, later when it's confirmed that, like, another school kid goes there, it's just like,
1: okay, then what was Will doing here? What does that mean? It means sometimes the show acts like a sitcom where anyone can show up (laughs) anywhere for any reason. That's true. We only have specific sets. We don't see the universe. We see very specific sets.
0: That's true. And they don't even have their like iconic restaurant set yet. So they have to go to Shoney's buffet later, (laughs) which I hate. Gosh! But this is something that like I only noticed because I've watched this episode like twenty million times. But I just think it's super weird that. Will
1: followed her here to kind of be mean to her. He wasn't trying to be mean to her. He wanted his, like, best Glee student back. But it's still, obviously, the show, I don't think a show itself thought about it. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely feels really thoughtless. It was more about, look at how, like, strict she is on herself, how talented she is. She's out doing all these things. She's doing ballet outside of the school. Mm Mm-hmm. Not about the teacher went and found her outside of school. Yeah. It's, there's
0: a lot to unpack here. Do we have anything to say about the Figgins office scene? Because I kind of
1: don't. Nah. Just sorry to Figgins, I guess. (laughs) Um, I do like the way that it
0: cuts from um, Rachel being like, uh everyone feels like a star except me and then sue being like we're giving everyone a chance to feel like they're a star like i think that editing choice is good
1: yeah it was specifically that yeah that will was having a talk with with her right being like i want all of you guys to feel like a star and then sue being like we're
0: giving her that the the parallel editing is good i just don't think anything particularly interesting happens like in the office itself nah um and then we have rachel berry's ultimatum that she wants tina solo and then she
1: pouts away yeah it's it's what she does this episode she pouts away
0: She has so many ultimatums. First it was like, find me a boy, or I leave. And now it's like, I'm leaving. (laughs) Even though you found me a boy, I want the solo.
1: Find me someone I like singing with, or I'm leaving. Let me sing a cool solo, or I'm leaving. Yeah. It's all about me, or I'm leaving. Bro, wait for next episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Um... Alright, so we, I left this out in my <laughs> original summary, and when I was uh, rewatching it, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about Tina! Oh yeah. So, <laughs> we have um, Will um, and Tina rehearsing alone in the auditorium. She sings Tonight from West Side Story and is doing a pretty good job of it until the last note, which she hits sharply. Tina thinks that she did horribly, but Will encourages her saying that she stutters less when she's confident. Tina says that he should give the song to Rachel to appease her, and that Tina's fine with taking one for the team. As Tina leaves, Finn comes up crying and immediately pulls Will into a hug.
1: Wow, you just dive into the Finn stuff. But I'm like, how could you forget about Tina? This was her moment.
0: I, I was so distracted by the Shoney's buffet that it just made me completely <laughs> forget about Tina.
1: I love Tina. I want to get to know her more as a character. She sang mm-hmm. wonderfully, except for that last note that obviously, except for the last, had note. to be messed up because she's not supposed to be better than Rachel. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of her. I'm proud I'm of her. To like I'm proud Tina's of her. first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Tina's first like big song. Hmm. I. I feel like it's true colors but that seems like really far away from now. I wouldn't so. know. You would know. This is for for me. If you want to tweet me at @wiselylikeleejj and tell me what
1: this person is. Is this going to be a thing you, you, you do? Is this <laughs> I'm trying it out? <laughs> You're trying it out. You can't even like finish the <laughs> Stop in the middle of talking. By the way, tweet me at email me at <laughs> It's for
0: things that I want to know, but I don't want to, like, Google them and make the recording really bad with <laughs> type-in voices. Okay, well, keep trying.
1: <laughs> keep trying this I thing. Like
0: <laughs> I feel like it's true colors. That feels correct to me. <laughs> um. So, yeah, she does a really cute job. She's wearing a cute little outfit. Um, this is also, like, another reminder that she has a stutter, which is, like, her kind of haha quirky thing, like, on top of being, like, a goth chick for no reason.
1: She really is just a friend of mine that I grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> Who you also know very well. Oh. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, she's really cute. I really like her. I like that it's nice to balance Rachel's unending confidence with someone who is on, like, the shyer side and, like, very quick to, like, kind of put the team's needs above her own, which is something that Rachel, like, almost never does. So I really like the contrast between them.
1: Yeah. She seems really sweet. I do like that. That's nice. Um,
0: I like... I like the phrase taking one for the team cuz it's something that we hear in like a later episode from now and it has like a similar kind of meaning. So good good phrase. Good good first use of the phrase. I
1: just want you to know that I'm holding back as I need to yell at my cat. <laughs> don't don't yell. I'm not going to. He's just somewhere he's not supposed to be. <laughs> Take him down. He's too far away. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> um. So, the scene ends with Finn crying and just walking into Will. I mean, it's sad. It's really sad. It's, like, really grim in, like, a not funny way.
1: <laughs> no, this episode keeps doing that. It's like, oh, haha, here's this. Oh, this is actually really heavy. <laughs> It just keeps yeah going back and forth. It's
0: very whiplashy. But it, it segues very nicely into the... <laughs> uh, Finn and Will are at a Shoney's buffet or something, I don't know. Um, Finn is telling Will about how Quinn is pregnant and that he doesn't know what to do about it. He feels like it will trap him in Ohio unless he gets a footballer scholarship, but they need a winning team in order to do that. Finn asks Will to give the football team dancing lessons to help them loosen up, and Will agrees.
1: Here he, like, said a thing that I I feel like I need to question, like, what does that mean? I feel like they say several times throughout the episodes, oh, I'm a loser.
0: Okay, okay, so this is, like, part of the hashtag world building... Like, so they're in Lima, Ohio. Uh-huh. So the connotation of Lima loser is someone who, as Finn says, like, works at the gas station or works at the Shoney's and had kids in high school and has a job that they don't like and, like, will never leave this town.
1: Woof. So, so that's yeah, it. it's so just applying, like, you're just stuck in this town forever, you're not going to accomplish anything.
0: Yeah, so it's, like, kind of, like, a, a loaded insult, especially when it's used later. And it definitely is, like, becomes shorthand for wanting to escape this town, but feeling kind of trapped in it by circumstances. hmm I really like it as a term in the way that it gets used through the show.
1: Well, now that I get it, it's it's real rough, buddy.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think Finn's little speech about how he's like <laughs> supposed to be 16 and about to have a kid and feeling like his world is over is really like
1: grim. I mean, it's a valid concern. Yeah. Like, I know that they all look like they're, like, 40 or something, but they're supposed (laughs) to still basically be children themselves. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, it just gets me with that whole, like, oh, you're, like, 16 and you're having a kid. It's not fair to them.
0: No, it's really not. And it's really weird that Finn assumes he's gonna be a dad. Like, I always assume that, like, if you're super young, you should just give it to adoption. Like it's a no-brainer
1: that's like, that's definitely not a no-brainer
0: <laughs> yeah no because finn has no brain it can't be a no-brainer
1: no it's, he it's just, a lot of like it's rough but a lot of teens end up in this situation and a lot of the times they don't give up the kid <laughs>
0: Yeah, it just feels like he's taking a lot of responsibility, like, really fast. He
1: feels like Like he has to, and that's the problem, is that he shouldn't have to. Yeah.
0: And he's also just stupid. (laughs) As as shown by him realizing for the first time you can check books out of the library. Okay, well... (laughs) Look... (laughs) Do you have a secret library history? No, playing? it's... Is that what you're implying? It's
1: me being like, I relate, like, I don't relate to him, but, like, I feel bad for him. I get his struggle, and then you, like, toss it aside. It's like, he doesn't even know to check a book out of a library. It's like, he hasn't got it. He's an idiot. He's but really he has dumb. his moments that we have to feel for.
0: <laughs> it's just, I... Again, this is me having, like, a tinted perspective from knowing, like, where... This plot goes, so like you really sympathizing with Finn here is like really sweet.
1: It's just rough
0: <laughs> it is rough um but the the core purpose of this scene is showing like Finn believes that the football team would do better if they were if they had dancing lessons like in the book that he read, and this kind of sets up the rest of Kurt's plot line in a really good way.
1: Uh-huh. I'm a I'm a fan. It's fun.
0: It's fun. The I kids like that. stuff
1: is really harsh. The let's teach <laughs> the football team to dance. Yeah. That's like fun.
0: It's we have like the three main plot lines are Terry and Quinn's pregnancies, Kurt joining the football team And Rachel being stupid. And (laughs) two of them are pretty good and balance each other. And then Rachel's kind of like,
1: whatever. It just feels weird when the episode cuts to her. She's just pouting. And then Mm. it goes back to this other stuff. Yeah.
0: And the other stuff is so good. Like, I feel like this episode really hits these emotional moments, like, really successfully. So, um, after that we see Will and Terry are brushing their teeth while Will tells her about Quinn's pregnancy Will is sad that Quinn has to keep it a secret from everyone and that she and Finn aren't ready to raise a baby Terry clearly gets an idea and confirms Quinn's last name and Will goes to bed
1: <laughs> I hate it I love it so much. I just... Here's where... Okay, so earlier we were talking about the whole Terry and her sister and her sister being kind of crazy and having that thought. Well, clearly the answer is simple. We gotta get you a baby. And then we talked Mm. about keeping up the lie. If her idea is to get Quinn's baby, the problem... Is that Terry's due in five months? Quinn, like, only just got pregnant.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that Quinn says that it's been a couple of weeks, Mm. which is, like, she, like, knew that she was, like, late, and so she waited to, like, get a test and, like, all this stuff. So, like, she's not super pregnant, but she's definitely, like, Terry's due in five months and Quinn is due in, like seven and a half something it's it's not great it's not a great plan not but even a little it's,
1: bit it's, it sure is a plan and then we have to like question like Finn knows about this kid and expects to be a dad and Will was confided in. he knows what's gonna happen when suddenly one doesn't have the baby they're supposed to have
0: yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> there, there's so many questions. There's just
1: There's there's a there's some things that weren't thought out here.
0: Yeah, it's a lot, but it it definitely like sows the seed for later in a pretty funny way. Mm. So, in the football locker room, Puck is angry that Ken has agreed to let Will teach the football team dance moves. Finn is convinced that it will help them win since Kurt is the only one able to score recently. Will insists that plenty of athletes are also performers, while Kurt says that the element of surprise could be an advantage since dancing on the field would throw anyone off. Ken tells everyone to suit up and head to the choir room.
1: I mean, I don't get why Puck is so angry. But he's just angry this whole episode, isn't he? He's he's very pissed off this whole episode. <laughs> I love the whole, like, Kurt's the only one who can score a point. Like, in practice and everything, he's the only one who can yeah. score a point.
0: It's so funny. <laughs> like, this football team just sucks. And it's kind of, like, refreshing. Because I feel like in most teen dramas, like, you always have to have, like, a winning football team. Because that's, like, the cool thing to do. But, like, in Glee, it's like, no, they suck. They can't win a single game. <laughs> it's, like, a nice, um... Oh, my God. Uh, subversion of expectations.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Glee tries to do that a lot, though.
0: That's, that's why I like it, Julianne. Hmm
1: it does it in a kind of cheesy way
0: even better even better uh, if you say so I'm the one who wrote there was only one bed into my romance novel
1: good for you that's like that's like <laughs> the peak cheesy trope I I know how you are I know your taste uh huh <laughs> that's it
0: um, I think it's hilarious that Kurt is quoting
1: the art of war from memory. He's a smart boy. He is a smart little boy. He can do anything he sets his mind to. He can be a good singer, a good dancer, good at football, reads all the books. I'll wait till you see him do cheerleading. <laughs> he can do anything he sets his mind to. Kurt is secretly... Great at
0: everything, but slightly less obnoxious than Rachel.
1: We love that for him.
0: We love that for him. um, I like that Ken is like down with it,
1: yeah, I mean, I remember in, like the pilot episode it was brought up that he doesn't even like football,
0: yeah, he doesn't even like football <laughs> i I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of doing a one eighty on Ken. wait, really. Just, like, a little bit. Like, I think that... In the pilot, he's really bad. And I hate him. Showmance, you hate him. And Showmance, he's kind of bad. And Aquafelis, he's, like, okay. And him and Will are, like, bros. And in this episode, they're, like, actively working together. And it's, like, nice.
1: Well, see, the problem is, like, when he's in an environment that's, like, just other guys, of course he seems normal because it's just other guys. As soon as, like, Emma's around... He's weird. I don't like That's it. That's true. He
0: he is kind of weird to Emma in the lunchroom scene.
1: Yeah. It's just that typical guy where like they seem normal, but then you see how they treat women.
0: <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> I just I think that my anger at him from later is not here right now. It's not home it's not home it's out on vacation i'm kind of i'm kind of enjoying ken right now i think that he's funny
1: okay well i can see through the lies (laughs) (laughs) i know who he really is i don't know the future but i i just just look at him like i see you Uh uh-huh um
0: so we uh cut to the choir room where Will is teaching the football team the steps to Kurt's single ladies dance routine. The guys are in our various stages of coordinated, with the standout being the first real appearance of Mike Chain, my love. Um, I still have not noticed
1: him at all.
0: I love him. Um... Kurt offers to take over for Will and instruct the boys, but Ken finds his way of teaching too Gay or something? I don't...
1: I guess. No, he but, did, um, like, three steps. It's like every time he does the whole point to the ring on the finger that everyone gets all like, okay, yeah. that's unnecessary, stop. I think it's cute. <laughs> um,
0: Puck very actively refuses to do any dancing. Um, Ken blows his whistle and tells the team to hit the showers.
1: I didn't even notice Puck specifically refusing to dance because the actual amount of dancing they did was almost non-existent.
0: It's, like, the whole team and then Puck is, like, standing next to the drums watching everyone and, like,
1: refusing to move. So, the other one just pouting the whole episode.
0: Yeah, like, (laughs) (laughs) wait until Puck and Rachel hang out. They're, like, quite a pair. Oh my god. It's, like, (laughs) it's, like, intense.
1: I don't. I don't like the sound of that.
0: You don't like the sound of Puckleberry? What
1: is that? It's <laughs> their ship name. Absolutely not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hate what? it.
1: What episode? Oh no. Does. I don't want to know. <laughs>
0: Rachel and Puck. starts and ends in mashup okay mashup is kind of far from now okay more foreshadowing oh it's it's so good it's so good i'm a i'm a big fan
1: i cannot imagine but (laughs) i guess i'll try to trust you it's it's really funny. They really like.
0: <laughs> Puck is just like so horny that he gets with like most of the women. God, not like gets with, but like.
1: <laughs> Am I supposed is... to say good I... for him or? <laughs> no, I
0: don't. No, I don't think it deserves a good for him. It's just it's. What I like about Glee is that stuff like that will happen. Like I'm also watching Castle. Right now, because I have all the DVDs. And so, you only really watch, like, Castle and his main love interest, Beckett, hang out. Like, there's no, like, complex love dynamic thing. So, it's really interesting to watch a show where you don't know, like, who's Endgame, I guess. Like, you kind of know, but... You're not sure, because then ne- the next week they'll break up and they'll, there's, like, oh, they cheated on da-da-da-da-da and it got found out. And then, like, it's just, like, I like how things always move. So, like, <laughs> Puck being with Rachel is something that I think is funny, because it's definitely, like, not his end game, but they still,
1: like, get together. It just sounds so bizarre. It's really good. <laughs> Like sure it the high school drama bizarre. of like getting with someone, breaking up, getting with someone else, like sure that's fine, that's fun. It's just specifically trying to imagine those two. I'm like, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> oh, you're gonna lose your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. Uh. I think that's like episode nine. Let me look. Anyway,
1: that's not where we are.
0: <laughs> I I I really wanna know if it's episode nine. Mash up episode uh, episode 8 that's not even that far hell yeah okay what, what were we
1: talking about oh well, you know oh, our we podcast. Were talking the podcast
0: the, <laughs> the 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 um the training scene i don't really have anything to say about this no, it's other short than it's fine it's kind of
1: weird that they picked single ladies i guess Did the song, like, just come out or something? When did the song come out?
0: When was Single Ladies?
1: Oh, it did just come out. Absolutely. I knew it. This episode is all just because this song just came out and was the hot (sighs) shit. It's
0: not... It's not just came out. It's a year old, which I feel like is still pretty new, like, compared to today. It's new enough. Yeah, and it's Beyonce. <laughs> I just think it's kind of weird to have, like... <laughs> they could have picked, like, a boy song, I guess. Like
1: But no. They didn't have
0: to do Kurt's song.
1: No, this is all about Kurt. It has to be his way. <laughs> <laughs> or they're not doing it. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Well, see, this is why, like, I'd like mm. the other football episode a little bit more because I think that they pick a cooler song to use. Oh, you don't like single ladies? I just... I, they don't sing single ladies. <laughs> In the other football episode, they actually sing the song that they do.
1: Oh, good for them.
0: And it, it slaps. It's a total banner.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like... it. It feels like... I feel like this whole episode is just us questioning single ladies. <laughs>
0: it's a weird choice, <laughs> and it's like it's it feels like it was to sow conflict on purpose. I guess like it's like a silly, emasculating song. So like that would make them less likely to do it. Like, as a team, well, if they picked like, an Aerosmith song or whatever the fuck, like, they might actually be more open to the idea, but
1: you can't have that. You gotta have funny conflict. Because the entire football team, they are the single ladies. Stop. <laughs> <It's tough. laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>
0: anyway. Oh, I'll cut that out.
1: No! (laughs) (laughs) The one time I'm funny. Uh
0: (laughs) Oh great. Okay. Um so (laughs) Puck follows Finn outside the choir room. After practice, asking why Finn seems so out of it, which is kind of weird, because Puck was the one pouting for the entire practice while Finn was actually (laughs) doing the steps. Um, (laughs) Finn says that he doesn't want to talk about it, but Puck goads him into confessing the truth by accusing Finn and Kurt of being an item. He's like, I knew it, you are, (laughs) (laughs) gay." Yeah. And in, like, an asshole way. Mm Mm-hmm. Finn confesses that Quinn is pregnant and keeping the baby before walking off, leaving Puck with a shocked expression. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. This is another case of Puck saying, hey, I'm your best friend, just tell me.
1: When he doesn't actually do anything that's friendly.
0: Yeah, no, he's been nothing but shitty to Finn like the whole episode.
1: There was, like, even him, like, approaching him, walking out, to be like, hey, tell me about whatever. The whole moment felt so awkward and out of place. Yeah.
0: But, like, I understand that you have to get this next plot point
1: going. Uh Uh-huh.
0: So, like, I get it. But I just feel like it would have been helpful if Finn had actually seemed out of it in the choir practice. No, he was
1: super normal.
0: He was super normal. So,
1: I'm like, I'm like, whatever. It's fine. But, um. So, continuing on with Puck. Continuing with Puck. Um. (laughs) This is kind of iconic, though,
0: where, um, Puck confronts Finn in the hallway by calling her a MILF.
1: Quinn, you said Finn. (laughs) I said Quinn! (laughs) I'm stuffy. Okay. (laughs) Listen. I'm listening.
0: Quinn tries to ignore him, but he follows, saying that he doesn't believe Finn is the father because she was a virgin when they had sex together. Guess. Puck insists that he would take care of the baby and Quinn better than Finn could, but Quinn brings up that Puck is a delinquent and that he got fired for peeing in a frio later, and she calls him a Lima loser. She says that she only had sex with him because he got her drunk and she felt fat that day before storming off.
1: And that was so heavy.
0: It's one of the heavier moments of the show, and definitely of the episode.
1: Like, almost caught me off guard. Like, I know throughout this episode, it's been doing some things like, that's pretty heavy. But to have that little dialogue from her right there, it's like, oh, oh, my God. Yeah. It's.
0: It's, uh. Setting up a lot. Setting up a lot of plot. So now we know that. Finn isn't the father through hot tub sperm. Yeah. But that. You already
1: implied earlier, it's like, obviously, that's a big giant lie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so now we know that Puck is the father because quinn cheated on finn yeah so now they're equal i guess because finn did kiss rachel and then everyone forgot about it
1: oh yeah everyone did forget but about I, it
0: i forget about it because the show forgets about it but that wasn't um, great bane is someone's probably a little worse than a kiss in my but book
1: the implication it's got dark implications right he got her drunk
0: I, so, like, we see this moment in, like, the last episode. We, like, actually see this, like, wine cooler moment. And I don't think it's supposed to have, like, a rape undertone. Well, it mildly does does. Because we don't, like, you don't have the context that I have. I think that it was like regrettable consensual sex. But it's definitely like
1: <laughs> woof. Like. Still bad, still woof. Um, still bad, still woof. A little easier to take with your future context. Because I'm sitting here like, yeah. oh god. Yeah, it's definitely like. <laughs> really dark
0: and i feel like she's also just like really pissed at him for getting her pregnant and so she wants to be mean to him which is something that we kind of see more of
1: (sighs) huh it's still a lot it's still like oh god
0: (laughs) it's still like a lot there's a i think that the quinn puck relationship is one of the most complex of the show, and I think it's definitely really interesting. Like, because we see through this episode that he does care about her in ways that he doesn't really care about anyone else that he, like, hooks up with. So it's definitely like, there's more to unpack here than, like, just this
1: one line. I'm out here thinking now, like, that's given me some beginning of walking dead vibes <laughs> Except uh, a bunch of idiots uh, in high school
0: yeah definitely like that that's actually how do you say that that's like kinda
1: you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> it's there oh, in your brain no. now Oh, it is. Oh, no. (laughs) It's just the the main drama in the first season of The Walking Dead. Oh. Shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, Julie, are you okay?
0: Oh, that got me. (laughs) (laughs) Because you, like, have no idea, like, how
1: close that is. Oh, does it just get more and more comparable? Um, well no one ends up dead.
0: Okay. So (laughs) that that's good. Um wow, I'm like (laughs) unable to
1: recover. (laughs) Like three for a whole loop.
0: (laughs) It did. Oh god. Okay. Um what else? <laughs> what else can we unpack in this scene?
1: I feel like we did it. We we unpacked what <laughs> we unpacked like more we unpacked than you expected. It.
0: Um so she calls Puck a Lima loser in this scene.
1: Yeah, that came back. And now it's explained to me, back. so I get it.
0: So you get it now. So this is like one of the the core things between them is that her not wanting to be with him because she thinks that he has no future, but she does see a future in Finn,
1: which is why she's staying with him. That's kind of sweet because it's- Finn earlier was like worrying, like he's like worried he's he doesn't have a future, but she sees mm-hmm. a future in him.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of cute. Except for all the lies and deception. Okay, well <laughs> Um. A really so coaster. after the after the really heavy puck scene in the hallway, um Quinn is running to her car in like this really fake rain <laughs> but it's like really pouring. Um, And she gets inside her car and starts crying before she notices that Terry is sitting in her passenger seat waiting. how did she get into her car? Wait, l- listen. <laughs> Quinn tells her to get out, but Terry insists that she can help and that Quinn can't raise a baby herself. Terry gives Quinn some prenatal vitamins and Quinn asks what Terry wants in exchange.
1: And then a cliffhanger and that still doesn't and answer, it, and it cuts away. how does she end up in her car? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is, like, one of those wacky things yeah. that you just have
1: to not think about. We can't only question some things and then excuse other things. I mean, obviously we have to, because that's how the show is. But yeah. the point is... <laughs> It's just- Terry's being creepy.
0: Yeah, it implies to me that Terry was staking out Quinn somehow. Like, maybe she picked up Will from work as, like, an excuse to, like, see what car Quinn went to, and then the next day she came back
1: and, like, got in it. All this, like, off-screen looking up who Quinn is and where she is, where she lives, her car and everything.
0: That's, like, my headcanon, I guess. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's not something that the show is interested in exploring. They just want to get these two together for baby shenanigans.
1: For baby shenanigans.
0: Which, like, I get, because, like, maybe it's because I've been reading a lot of B-list novels, but there is, like, a tendency to over-explain boring stuff. Like, Terry staking out Quinn and looking up all this stuff, like, is boring, and we, like, don't need it on screen. I mean, you're so right, like, I guess we don't, but... <laughs> like, we don't, because the show moves fine without all of it. It's just, haha, wacky Terry. There she I goes mean, again. I you're right, because I didn't
1: think about, like, all the detail of, like, how she found her car or anything. It's just specifically, here she is, already in her car. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's a scene. <laughs> it's a scene. It sure did happen. It sure did. The adults it's do uh, kind of like, questionable, creepy things sometimes. Yeah. Terry, I feel like if
0: it was anyone other than Terry, it would be harder to buy.
1: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right.
0: Um... Well, now we are at the football game. Uh, Easily the most exciting part of the episode. Um, Will and Emma sit next to each other. Ken picks out a special whistle to use. Finn is proud of the team for coming together, but Puck calls them all gay, making Kurt frown. The team says dancing was fun at practice, but they can't do it on the field, which Finn silently agrees with. They line up for the first play with one of the opposing team telling bad yo mama jokes. Stupid. The football team sucks, getting immediately tackled or intercepted, and the crowd boos in disapproval.
1: <laughs> God. I can't believe they spent all that time practicing this just for at the very last second be like, back to what we always do, losing. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's
0: A very realistic high school boy mentality.
1: I guess now they have an audience. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All the yo mama jokes.
0: They're bad. They are. (laughs) So stupid. They're so bad. Like, I get why they frustrate Puck later.
1: I mean, they were losing, and Puck's been pissed off the whole episode, and he has this guy that keeps yelling yo mama jokes at them. (laughs) It's really cringe. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I can't even remember the last time I heard, like, a yo mama joke, like, IRL.
1: If I ever heard one, it would have been, like, ironically, like, you know, goofing. Yeah, like, that doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. And that also would have... Even that was like, when? I don't... Yeah. Um,
0: it's definitely funny to see, like... The f- football team sucking in action. Because we kind of get, like... The impression that they suck from how Ken sucks. But now we get to, like, actually see it.
1: I mean, it's all they talk about whenever we're, like, looking at the football team in this whole episode. It's like, y'all suck and now here it is the visual proof yeah
0: i really like how in this episode and like the other football episode you really don't need to understand football to like be invested in what's going on
1: absolutely not um what's
0: that what have you watched like (laughs) any of like the famous football movies name one Um, was Remember the Titans the racist one? Man, no, I
1: don't know. (laughs) I feel like I would have watched sports movies, like, as a kid. I don't remember anything.
0: Okay, 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 yeah. Okay, so Remember the Titans is the racist one, and it was really good. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Racist as in uh, dealt with the issue of racism as in, uh... A black and white school integrating and having a football team, not racist as in uh, Scarlett Johansson comes to the shell. <laughs> Julie, <laughs> sorry, was that a hot take?
1: No, um, <laughs> I just still question if it should be said.
0: <laughs> um, well, I'm saying it, so go off. Um, Remember, I, we, I watched Remember Titans in class, and I had no idea what football was, but I was still able to, like, understand, like, what was going on from how it was shot, and I feel like these scenes of Glee do a really good job of doing that, too.
1: I mean, again, this is where two more times it does that really dramatic musical cue of the music, like, fading out in an echo for, like, the yeah. impact, and then the dead silence of watching it happen. And does that twice in, like, a minute. That's because it works, Julia? It's because they were being funny. It works. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was unnecessary. Oh. But it's because
0: I, it's musical I cues vibe. and, like,
1: camera angling and everything that you know, even though you don't know the sport, you know how you're supposed to feel.
0: Mm-hmm. It has very clear cues. Emotional cues. <laughs> Um, so we see Will and Emma are attending the game
1: together, kind of. Yeah, they just went and sat next to each other. It's kind of cute. I mean, obviously Emma can't sit with Ken because Ken's the coach. He's out, yeah. like, on the field.
0: He's on the field.
1: Means an excuse um. to put those two together again when he's not involved. <laughs>
0: it sure is. <laughs> that, that's shipping, baby. <laughs> that's
1: shipping, baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um... So after that, uh, Kurt's dad shows up, which makes Kurt bounce up and down until his dad waves. <laughs> we um, then flash forward to the fourth quarter with 10 seconds remaining with the opposing team leading 6-0. to zero. Finn is about to start the play when he reconsiders everything, looking at the scoreboard, then Quinn, then Kurt, then Will. He calls a timeout and tells the team that they're going to do rain on it. Puck gets irritated after <laughs> the Yo Mama joke player says another one, and Puck says that he had sex with his mother in his bed.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Where where to start? I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of feelings <laughs> I, I have. I, I, I want to start at the top with Kurt's dad.
1: Yeah, okay. This is the second time we see him in the episode, right?
0: Yes, this is his second appearance. Um. So I was watching it just now to prepare for recording, and I noticed, like, a, a continuity error? Oh, yeah? In his that showing up so when so when the football game starts it starts with the pledge of allegiance or no the star spangled banner whatever they fucking play and so everyone like stands for it and like puts their hand on their heart and does that all that stuff and so then the game starts and they play like an inning no <laughs> what it ain't his baseball i meant like a quarter
1: <laughs> i don't know any sport don't, all
0: right don't don't roast me sports
1: nerds um people listening who like but- sports we're not sports people <laughs> i'm not hey i i play softball i say like um, what i'm most familiar with would be like basketball
0: wow well, we should
1: watch high school musical no i'm good <laughs> <laughs>
0: you don't like high school musical
1: it- don't get at me with this. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, no. Podcast
1: cancelled. But <laughs> <What>, why? <laughs> How dare you not like High School Musical. Stop your pouting. We're finishing this episode.
0: <laughs> what was it? Okay, okay, okay. So when, when Bert arrives, all the extras are still doing, like, the Pledge of Allegiance pose. Are they really? And, yes! I, like, reround it, like, twice, and I was like, why does everyone look so, like, dead inside in the shot? And then I was like, whoa, like, every extra has, like, their hand over their heart while Bert shows up. And I'm like, oh my god, I didn't reshoot this when so, they cut it in later. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess they originally wanted him there at the start, be like a good dad He showed yeah. up at the start of the game, but then they decided to put him more at the end.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know why they did that. Like, why would they make it seem like he showed up late to his (laughs) kid's game? Like, I don't understand. It's such a weird choice.
1: (laughs) I love Kurt, like, all excited to see him, though.
0: Yeah, he's doing, like, (laughs) chorus line kicks to get, like, his dad's attention.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Obviously to Kurt, it doesn't matter to him if they win or lose. The point is, look, dad, I am here.
0: Yeah, it's really cute. It's really like excited puppy energy, pure. <laughs> okay. Um I really like the <laughs> flash forward thing or like it's like the fourth it's like the first quarter and then the next second it's the fourth quarter and there's 10 seconds left. Here's
1: where it starts to lose me. You were like saying it's easy to follow the sport, but all of this I was just like I don't understand. So, Julian. I get that they were football. losing, they didn't have any points. And then they're doing that 10 second thing. And then I'm questioning when they do their whole bit of like victory or whatever happens. That it's like <laughs> What, they only so, have 10 seconds though?
0: Okay, so in in football, they what were... <laughs> trying to figure out how to explain this so once they had 10 seconds and then finn called a timeout at one second left
1: okay so as long as
0: as long as you have one second left you can do a play and then the length of the play doesn't matter because it just means that it's the last play and so the timer has already hit zero so it just means that there won't be another play after that one okay so it can be as long as they want. It just means that it's
1: the last one. Well, I needed that because I was like, there's no way all of that happened in one second.
0: <laughs> no, it's it's not like um, basketball where when the timer goes down, like that's the game. Football will like go on for fucking ever. <laughs> so that's your uh, hashtag sports facts with
1: Julie. Yay. <laughs> I learned something.
0: You learned something. Um, so let's talk about what we what we really. Well, I know I want to talk about Finn's little moment first. Oh yeah. Because uh, I think it's really cute, and it kind of finishes his arc with Puck for the episode, where he says that. Well, first he he like realizes that they have to change, and like calls the time out and tells the team to do, rain on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. Um, and then, like, Puck is like, we can't, like, we'll be, like, idiots and be made fun of and shit, but Finn is like, we're already losers, like, and I feel like it definitely harkens back to Quinn calling Puck a Lima loser, and that kind of wakes Puck up to agree to go along with the plan in, like, an attempt to impress Quinn.
1: Yeah, and and then we get puck snapping <laughs> and saying when he just snaps pup. around to look at that other like enemy football player, being like, "I had sex with your mom on your bed, nice sheets, loser." <laughs> yeah, nice Star Wars sheets. Uh,
0: which like, <laughs> again, he's supposed to be sixteen. It's. The if you if you think about
1: it, it's great. Don't make me think about it, because I look at him as an adult. You can't remind me this as a child. He's so old. (laughs) I find this funny when they're adults and then you're like, oh, they're sixteen. I'm like, never mind, never mind, never mind. I'm backing out No, like
0: it because the show doesn't want you to think about them like that. (laughs) So it it is funny. It does make me laugh. But they're kids. but it's only because, like, how I explained the first time we talked about, like, <laughs> Puck's cougar thing. Like, it's just, I it's so not real to me. Like, it's, I can't consider it in a serious, harmful context at all.
1: It is impossible for me to look at that guy like a child.
0: No, I, absolutely not. Uh-huh. So, like, it's really hard for me to be like, oh, this is so problematic and harmful and stuff when it's, like... Uh, I just, (laughs) nothing
1: about it is believable. Not even a little bit.
0: Not even a little bit. But it does make me laugh.
1: (laughs) Again, it's Um, like, if they were, like, in college or something, if they are like, some kind of adult age, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: okay. But again, this is the show kind of playing with, like, the ambiguous ages, because literally no one gets like an age until like season three. So like in, <laughs> it's Schrodinger's is Puck eighteen or not? <laughs> <laughs> Do like, we even know like what for a grade long they're time. in? What grade? Yeah. So I only know what grades they're in because they define it very clearly at the beginning of season 3. Okay. So right now most of the main cast is a sophomore.
1: But before with... season 3 we don't know. So we really don't know if he's actually like a senior or something.
0: Yeah, like in the in the text we have no way of knowing Ugh. other than Rachel saying that she's a sophomore. Uh-huh. Which is, like, fascinating to me. Yeah? Yeah, because, like, I feel like that was, like, a conscious choice on their part to not ever mention anyone's age, really. Until apparently season three. Because in season three they had to be like, okay, people are graduating, let's decide who's graduating and who's not. Hmm. Because then they decided that some people were freshmen in season one and not sophomores.
1: Hmm. I'm curious who the freshmen are.
0: I mean, I could tell no, you. No, we
1: could get into it later.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so back to the football game. Um. The team gets into position and Finn cues the music. The whole football routine starts to dance to single ladies, and it's very funny. Uh, The other team is too stunned to move. Ken dances along slightly, and Quinn looks humorously embarrassed. When the song ends, Finn passes the ball to Puck, who runs it in for a touchdown. The crowd goes wild. Will and Emma hug each other, and Ken tells Kurt that it's his time to shine. Uh Uh-huh. So, first off, Jillian, do you know how a touchdown works? Sure. <laughs> could you could you could you explain it to me? Because I don't know like how a it, doesn't works. <laughs> it doesn't
1: matter. It th- doesn't matter, Jillian. I, th- I think it does. I don't think it does.
0: <laughs> because I feel like if you kind of like know. the sport a little bit like you understand like why but the show
1: already told me with the music cue and the silence and the tense emotion (laughs) that they were doing something important and scored a point
0: (laughs) they scored six points Julian cool good for them (laughs) (laughs) so that means that they're now tied with the opposing team wow And so the reason the opposing team has six is because they missed the field goal. So if you make the field goal, that means that you have seven points. So now it's up to Kurt to make the field goal or else it'll go into overtime.
1: So now this is the podcast where Julie really teaches me all about sports. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, just, I think that if you know the context, it
1: makes Kurt's role in it a little more intense. I mean, I still know that he gets to do his kick, and the music does its thing again. We're not there yet. <laughs> Back it up. You can't tell me what to do. I can't. I'm literally the host. <laughs> anyway, I wanted to talk about Quinn. Um, you okay. pointed out how she like looked like humorously embarrassed. There was something about the shot of her that was so endearing to me, because it- so what she does is she, like, laughs and hides her face behind, like, the cheerleading pom-poms. But there was something about that looked so genuine. I was, like, was she actually laughing and they just kept the shot?
0: Yeah, I feel like it was, like, a real reaction. Because it was
1: so cute. Just, like, an actual, like, hide your face while you're laughing that I feel like I don't yeah. usually see in, like, a show. Like, I don't see, like, it's, like, acting like that. It just seemed too genuine. Yeah, it's, like, so cute. I just wanted to talk about
0: that. I I definitely feel like, because the way that some of the actors like talk about being on set, it definitely feels like they were all, if you're not like the focus of a scene, you were just kind of vibing and like talking to people and like having fun. So it definitely feels like, (laughs) it definitely feels like that's like Diana actually laughing at all the football guys dancing. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Which is, like, super cute. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, so cute.
1: I'm a big fan. I love that. I just wanted to oh. express that I love that.
0: It's it's a really cute shot. Um, so, like, the football team, like, does their single lady stance, and it's pretty good.
1: They rocked it.
0: They rocked it. It definitely feels like a really, like, satisfying payoff to... All the conflict that has the cause to get to this moment, uh-huh i I like it i think it's I think it's nice, it's fun, especially because it works, and they distract them enough to score could you though.
1: imagine if they did all of that and it didn't work? That would be so sad like of course it worked. <laughs> what kind yeah. of like mood would that put on the episode that would be like a Bojack thing that would happen yeah
0: that's not what Glee is no absolutely not um it's, what else oh there's the there's the guy on the opposing team who starts the dance and then one of his other teammates is like stop
1: oh yeah they were having a fun time
0: too I think that's a really cute moment. It's really cute. I really like it. The the heteros hug. Uh huh. It's very. Oh yeah. Tense. It was this, like based. very
1: big focus on Will and Emma hugging each other, being so happy about the score. It's like, mm hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> are you are you not amused by the heteros, Julian? Uh, I'm gonna say no. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not amused you, by them. It, can you explain your
1: unamusement? They're now both in relationships and acting cheaty. <laughs> like <laughs> what?
0: I I just think it's I just think your opinions are interesting.
1: I just think that they are adults and should be better.
0: Ooh. But it's just a hug, Julian. Sure.
1: <laughs> you know, you know how they did all the whole this overly long hug, looking each other's eyes like an inch away from each other. The awkward mm-hmm. separate from each other, like oh, oh, we shouldn't do that. Anyways, ahem, look back at the game. <laughs> I think it's cute. Okay.
0: <laughs> um so now it's now it's kurt time this is kurt's big moment it's kurt's moment kurt's moment so kurt and finn jog out to the field uh while bert watches on nervously kurt signals for the music and does his little dance before kicking the goal we don't get to actually see the goal but the ref signals that it went in meaning that kurt won the game for them The crowd explodes again, with Kurt's dad screaming, that's my boy, and pulling on other spectators, while the football team lifts Kurt on their shoulders. Puck watches on as Finn and Quinn share a celebratory kiss before walking off all alone.
1: Aw, poor Puck.
0: I The music tells me that I should be sad for him, so I
1: am. I'm not. (laughs) He's a brat. And the only thing I care about this moment is the actual cute moment and that is Kurt's dad cheering for him. He's yeah, so happy. It's so
0: cute.
1: It like actually makes me cry. I'm like crying. Like we, the few moments we see this guy, he's expressionless. And then here mm-hmm. he is with such enthusiasm like he's going to cry from how happy he is cuz he's so proud of his son.
0: It's it's so sweet and like Kurt's like jumping up and down and then gets picked up by the rest of the team. Ken like throws his clipboard on the ground like he's just so good. pumped.
1: <laughs> it's it's really cute. I love that. I I love seeing a dad genuinely proud of his son. <laughs> and the yeah, son I like love to
0: see having a
1: great time.
0: Yeah. It's like it's because normally, like, in these kind of, like, lying to someone about something, like, usually they get caught and it's, like, a big deal and it's, like, <laughs> usually it doesn't work out so great. But, like, I feel like this lie that got Kurt into this mess, like, genuinely helps Kurt become, like, a more well-rounded human being, it helped the football team, it helped Curtin his dad's relationship, like, there's almost, like, nothing
1: bad that came out of the There's nothing lie. bad about it because it's not a lie anymore. He faked it till he made it. He is actually <sighs> yeah. on the team. He did actually <laughs> score that point. He did actually make the football team win. <laughs> there's no lie here.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, like, kind of, like, a refreshing <laughs> version of the trope.
1: It's just like it's basically saying the lie is a problem if it stays a lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta either do something about it and make it a reality or you gotta own up. Uh-huh. It's
0: it's really good. Uh like if you cry every time. <laughs> um I also like Quinn and Finn's little kiss here. I think it's really cute they're
1: cute they seem very happy
0: yeah and it's like um like finn did all of this for her basically now they're kind of like sharing this moment
1: yeah it was another moment of like making something happen he didn't just accept mm-hmm. the oh i'm a loser so i'll stay a loser it's the we're losers right now i'll do something about it
0: mm-hmm it's it's definitely like a better theme than guts <laughs> was last episode. Mm-hmm. It's more like you can do it, just go fucking do it, <laughs> which is kind of what Sue's speech is at the end. But cat, um, I have to shoo my cat away. Get gone. Oh my god.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Okay. So, Kurt is doing his skincare routine in his room after the game when his father comes down to talk. Bert wishes that Kurt's mom would have been alive to see him. Kurt says that he wants to confess something and that being a part of Glee and football has made him realize he can be anything, and what he is, is gay. Bert says that he's known since Kurt was three, and uh, Kurt wanted heels for his birthday. Bert admits that he's not totally comfortable with the idea, but he still loves Kurt just as much. Before leaving, he asks Kurt if he's sure, to which Kurt replies, Yeah, Dad, I'm sure.
1: Preach it, boy. (laughs) It's really good. This is really the, if you cry every time. I do cry every time. It's so sweet. It is really like sweet. Like, when we first when we find meet out the dad that... at the start, and we're, like, worried he's a jerk, and then he's like, no, I've always known, and I still love you. Yeah. It's really
0: sad and sweet, and, like, it's, like, bittersweet that we also find out that Kurt's mom is dead here. Yeah. It's rough. But it's also, like, really brave of... Kurt to come out to his dad when in the same episode he like denied being gay to Finn
1: I mean you gotta come out to the people you're you care about most first
0: mhm it's just it's it's growth baby it's growth baby he's really killing it and like
1: obviously he really loves his dad and he he just wanted his dad to be proud of him and to accept him mhm
0: Oh, it's so I love it, and I like how it's not like cheesy. I guess like it feels really raw. Yeah, it's just like I can see this being like a real conversation between two people, which is not something you can say about most of the most of Glee, in Glee. Is like
1: none of this is realistic. That little talk Kurt had with his dad felt like me talking to my dad.
0: Yeah. And I think it's it definitely like is a nice mirror to him talking to Mercedes in the last episode and kind of him like slowly learning to be more comfortable with himself in like a really nice way. Yeah.
1: And
0: like we only see him like grow more and more into his own skin. And it's it's really sweet to watch.
1: I think another thing I gotta try to remember is that this this was in two thousand nine. Things I watch these days have a lot of, like, queer characters. And it's starting to become normal, Mm -hmm. which is good. It should. But in 2009? It's like, nah. This was, like, crazy. Yeah.
0: Like, especially when they had two gay characters. That was insane. Like, it, it was already, like, too much for some people with Kurt. And, like, once they introduced like the trans character like my mom stopped watching because she was like this is too much for me and i was like "Ah, okay so it's definitely like yeah so like it's it was definitely like really cool to see a positive portrayal and even sometimes like kurt does shitty stuff like he's not a perfect person like especially like in some of the later stuff in season one like you're like oh you have flaws like you're not just like a side character that is perfect all the time yeah. and is like good gay rep like no you're like a person which no, that's is the important even thing. better gay
1: rep that's the important thing is to be yeah. realistic about it you're showing that these people are people too <laughs> they're not just bad mm. they're not just good they're a person like you are so I do really appreciate that in moments like like this It's like Wow, yeah, the next like
0: big Kurt up we get to see more of like Bert and how like he doesn't get it, but he's got the spirit <laughs> <laughs> like he he really just like goes hard in like the wrong direction, uh-huh. and it's really it's really great. I really like that episode, oh he's trying so. Every current episode is just a better, is what I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so far I agree.
0: Yes, it's it's really good. Um So we're we're almost done. We're wrapping up. So to put an end to the Finn Quinn plot line, they meet up in the hallway at school. And Finn approaches Quinn with a baby blanket, saying that it used to be his, and that he wants their kid to have it. Puck shows up to cause trouble, of course, Uh uh, saying that he has morning sickness, and that Quinn looks like she's gaining weight. Finn tells him to back off, and he does, leaving them behind.
1: Yeah, really. These two are having a sweet moment. He's handing over this, like, thing he's had from his, like, first day on Earth.
0: And then he comes over,
1: who's supposed to be his best friend, just to smack talk and make Quinn sad.
0: Yeah, he's, he, like, calls Quinn fat, but in a way that he, like, kind of expects Finn to, like, high-five him for it or something. Like, it's just, like, a very weird energy to walk up with.
1: He's got a lot of spite going on here. Yeah, he's, like, so mad um It's it's
0: definitely something that will be plot for later episodes.
1: <laughs> yay, yay! More puck! Woohoo! I do think puck is interesting. He's mm-hmm. so antagonistic in a different way from the other antagonists because the other like things the characters have to deal with is like advancing Glee Club. It feels like mm-hmm. he's just here. To hurt people's feelings. <laughs>
0: yeah, exa- exactly, exactly, exactly. Puck, like, I would put him under the antagonist branch, but he doesn't care about Glee, like, at all. Like, he's literally, like, only cares about his own stuff. He only causes problems when he wants to put his dick in someone else. Like, it's, it's kind of refreshing. And he is, like, a very interesting source of conflict. I just...
1: I can never tell if I like him (laughs) or hate him.
0: I think that he's interesting and he's fun to watch, which is kind of like the same thing I have with Terry, where like, she's a horrible human being, but I like when she's on screen. Hmm. I guess, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Which I feel like is the core (laughs) premise of Glee. (laughs) Because most of these people are assholes. Um, So we have our wrap-up. So, most of this last segment is set to a speech on Sue's Corner, as we see a couple scenes take place alongside it. Will shows off the last three Glee Club members, Puck, Mike Chain, and Matt Rutherford. This means that they have 12 members and are able to qualify for regionals, so this puts a stop to the arc that I call forming the Glee Club. So now they have 12 people.
1: Cool. They did it. They formed the club.
0: (laughs) They formed the club. Will says that they'll start practice with tonight, which makes Rachel excited, but Will says that Tina will be the one singing it. Afterwards, Rachel approaches Sandy in the auditorium to say that she quit Glee in order to do the musical full-time. Sue's monologue is how (laughs) she can will her own fate to change through her very powerful aura and force of being, and that the secret is to not care about anyone else's feelings. She has a line that's like there's not much difference between a crowd of people cheering for you and a crowd of people hurling abuse. You just have to convince yourself that they're cheering for you, and one day they will. The last image is of Quinn alone at her locker, looking
1: upset. Woof. I feel like usually the episodes, so so far the episodes try to wrap up in this happy way. Like, we wrapped up the problems, mm. and now we have hope, and we're going on to the next thing. This one was just very, like, things are going kind of wrong. Yeah,
0: it definitely, like, ends on a weird tone. And, like, I feel like literally every episode of season two ends with a song. Like... almost literally that so like to have episodes that kind of peter out like this is really kind of strange to me hmm
1: but we had to have Sue's speech
0: we did need Sue's speech I do like her speech I think it's really interesting it's just like specifically the last shot of Quinn looking like distressed and like breathing shallowly is like a weird vibe
1: I guess a lot's going to happen in the next episode.
0: So much, but so the next episode is kind of like a Rachel episode. Oh, so
1: I we, mean, I guess we need we it. She did. Put, she was mostly ignored yeah. this episode, and then quit Glee. So we gotta resolve yeah. <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let let's let's back it up a little bit to talk about um the last three Glee club members,
1: uh the football players.
0: The football guys. So due to the success of the football team, somehow they uh got uh two boys that we don't know and Puck to join. So Mike Chain is one of my favorite characters.
1: I look forward to getting to know him then.
0: Yeah, he, like Santana and Brittany, he kind of is football guy until they like figure out what to do with him hmm. but once they like understand his character i'm like oh my god my chain i love you my chain like <laughs> uh, he's so good so like he in the earlier scene he was like really good at dancing so he's like one of the like backup dance guys
1: good for him and
0: um <laughs> On a on a less happy note, uh Matt Rutherford has like two lines
1: in all of season 1. Oh, and it's like upsetting. He's really just just there to fill out the club and nothing else. <laughs> he
0: really is there to be a body so they can have 12
1: members. But now we got three cheerios and three football players.
0: Four football players. Oh
1: yes, <laughs> Finn because is like
0: Finn. so part te- of the club. Technically five because of Kurt. Even though Kurt never plays football again, uh,
1: <laughs> he just proved that did, he can do you, anything that he wants to. But what he wants to do is Glee. Do
0: did you think that Kurt was going to stay on the football team? No,
1: I. D- <laughs> I like expected there to maybe be a little more to it, but I didn't expect him to stick with it. No. Okay, that's that's a correct assumption. <laughs> um. So, what do you think about Rachel quitting? Uh, like I've been saying, I think she's a brat. I think she's being pouty. <laughs> but like, follow your dreams, girl. I guess.
0: I guess. My my big question is who else at the school is doing the musical?
1: I literally I have no idea what's going on with that musical. It's like <laughs> I thought it they just put it here to take away Rachel, so is she doing it all by herself?
0: <laughs> That's kinda like what it feels like because when she goes to speak with Sandy, like Sandy's the only one there painting the set. And usually when you do set stuff it's like a team of people. Yeah.
1: I'm not like a theater so like person. A, I don't really know a whole lot, but like Once upon a time, (laughs) I helped set up stages. Uh Wow. Not, like, really, really, but I just, like, yeah, I know that, like, you gotta have a whole team to, like, set up all the stuff and everything. He's just there by himself, just feeling the lie, I guess.
0: Yeah, so, like, it's gonna, I'll probably talk about this more in the next episode when the musical is like, a bigger deal, but I'm, like, if people are getting dunked on at the school for being in Glee Club, like, (laughs) <laughs> Doing the musical is not much better, but apparently they found people for it. So, well, well, that will be discussed.
1: I like don't get it, so I expect it to be more explained in the next episode. Yeah,
0: it's it's kind of like the next episode's thing. Because
1: I view Glee as like, so that's the theater production of the school. Um, sh- <laughs> competitive show choir. Is not musical theater. It's not, but at this school, it might as well be. That is incorrect.
0: <laughs> um, and what do you what do you think about Sue's little speech?
1: I really like the. I mean, again, it feels like that fake it till you make it. So I like that. There's always mm-hmm. when she has like a big speech. There's always something to take out of it. Yeah, it's so much nonsense, and then. Oh, yeah, that's kind of inspiring, isn't it?
0: <laughs> like, there's always, like, a little bit of something logical that you can latch on to. Yeah. But that makes it, like, even scarier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just gotta know how to, like, pick things apart, right? Like, <laughs> you can't just blindly take in everything someone says. Uh-huh. You gotta think about it. But I don't think people in Glee think about it. No, everyone is very no-brain Uh
0: Well, Julian, do you have any overall thoughts for the episode?
1: I'm I'm just concerned about the way it ended. So I'm. You said the next episode is focused on Rachel, and I guess that's fair. <laughs> but I just want to see yeah, how certain so... things get resolved.
0: Do you have any predictions for episode five, "The Roads Not Taken" with "roads" spelled funny?
1: tries to have a brain (laughs) this is one of the weirder titles yeah i'm looking at that like um (laughs) i'm sorry excuse me
0: (laughs) without without looking at the title what what do you think
1: rachel's
0: plot line is going to be
1: i mean it's going to be the struggle of her deciding if she wants to go back to glee or if she's just gonna go on her own journey i guess <laughs> that that's that's correct <laughs> with with some parts missing but with some parts missing because um, i haven't yet seen the next episode i know <laughs> i want to know what's up with quinn All right we're gonna have to wait uh-huh.
0: So now it's time to rank the episode. Uh, Julian, where do you think this
1: episode falls on our ranking sheet? Um, Kurt episodes are always better than other episodes. And that's just a so fact.
0: I, I personally, I, I always try to let you say your thing first. But I think that this beats the pilot for me.
1: I think that's pretty valid. The general, like, writing and vibe in this episode, there's always something, there's always, like, a bunch of weird continuity issues throughout it, but with actual, like, flow of the episode, it feels like they got something sort of solidified by this one. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't feel like just a bunch of time of a whole bunch of things happening all of the time and it being a mess. It it felt yeah. quick and concise, even though it was still, like, 40 minutes. Yeah, it's very focused. So I appreciate that, I, that they're. It seems like they're figuring how to focus in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like this episode because I can show this episode to people who don't watch Glee, and they can like get it. Yeah. Well, I think the pilot spends a lot of time setting up everything, and then this is like the meat. This is like the drama, the Kurt, the baby, like. It's it's everything we kind of want to see. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I thought it was really good. Right, we got a new we got a new first place <laughs> on the ranking sheet. Very very exciting.
1: Can we even so, rank
0: songs? <laughs> now now we have to rate the songs. So <laughs> can we even? Are uh, yes, like legally we have to legally. <laughs> Um so Taking Chances by Rachel and then the other song is Tonight by Tina. I vote Tonight by Tina as the top one. I <laughs> did they even do a recording? Let me see. Please tonight cover. I don't even think they did like a a recording. Oh, they did, but it's in season three. Oh. Son by by Rachel Berry, of course. Well,
1: look. All right. I liked when (laughs) Tina sang it. I know she messed up her last little note, but I was vibing. I thought it was fun and cute. When Rachel did her little Taking Chances song, it didn't offer anything for me. It's like, yeah, I already know you're good at singing.
0: I feel like we can't rank... This song, if it doesn't have an official cast recording, what? Then don't put it on the ranking
1: list. But then you would get mad at me if I didn't put it on there. That means there's not a song to rank this episode, and I'll fight about it. We can't, we can't
0: not have a song on the ranking sheet. Are you crazy?
1: (laughs) Well, my vote is tonight by Tina. Well, my vote is
0: taking chances by Rachel? because
1: they have a recording so,
0: because they have a recording, and I listen to it in the shower a bunch.
1: okay. Good for you.
0: <laughs> so now we now we have a tie, and we haven't had a
1: tie before. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think we should do for a tie? What do you do we mean? do a coin flip? What? Sure, flip a coin. okay. We'll pull up. Discord, I will
0: open... Where did I do that? But now that if it lands on taking
1: chances, I'm gonna say it's wrong. (laughs) I hate you.
0: How? What's the flip coin command? I definitely did this before. Wait, okay. (laughs) I don't remember how to do this. Oh, we didn't... (laughs) We didn't assign which one is which. Okay, wait, okay. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> okay, okay. So, taking chances will be heads. Do you see what chat you're in? Yes. It's the only one that has the flip coin function.
1: Okay, so which okay, one's which? And then.
0: Okay, tonight will be heads. No, no, no. Taking chances will be heads, and tonight will be tails, and then I'm gonna flip another one. Okay. This- this is the canon one. Heads, taking chances.
1: Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe in it. You just watched it! I just watched it, but I disagree. (laughs) i'll accept it i'll let it win but just know that in my heart it's wrong
0: okay so do you so on the song of the episode ranking list do you want to put it at the bottom yes i will allow that to happen i will okay so so we'll say that taking chances is fourth place on the song of the episode ranking which puts it below i say a little prayer by quinn santana Brittany. absolutely Okay. (laughs) I feel like we've come to a compromise.
1: (laughs) Sort of, yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, I think that is all that we came to talk about.
1: Yep, we did it.
0: Thank you for joining us for our fourth episode. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at loser like glee jj um i would love to hear about um
1: <laughs> you struggling
0: i'm struggling because i'm thinking about my request for the hot tub scene to be explained to me absolutely not um so once again if you would like to explain if it's possible to quote erupt from making out in a hot tub you can email us there
1: just um, know that i'd, I'd rather you not <laughs>
0: I check- Julian doesn't even have the email password so don't worry about offending them
1: it's not about offending um, me
0: <laughs> I'm just saying that I would be interested in hearing about it Um, we would love to hear from you guys about other things of course um, Julian do you have any
1: closing thoughts? all I can think about is you requesting that people explain that to you <laughs> And that's I would my closing it to thought. Be explained. I would like it to be explained to me. <laughs> you are inviting people to come and talk to you about many a thing. <laughs> you are opening a gate.
0: <laughs> I. It's just something that I'm curious about. <laughs> and I will hopefully never have to interact with.
1: <laughs> okay. Um... Say your activation phrase. My activation phrase. <laughs> I'm okay with you making me watch this. <laughs> and
0: your abject
1: neutrality
0: is delicious. <laughs>